Welcome, friends, to the Dice Bar Gaming Podcast, an actual play tabletop role-playing game that uses the Pathfinder 1E rule set, an epic story that takes place in the dark fantasy world of Melhoran. Our heroes' trials and tribulations will have them brought face-to-face with demons, devils, angry spirits, the occult, and more. Brought together by mysterious circumstances that leaves them with more questions than answers and an ever-present dark force that seems to be lurking in the shadows, forever seeking them. Hope you enjoy the show. He comes as a mortal who will never die. For the laws of the gods he will ever defy. A king with no subjects, crown nor throne. In his wary hand, He carries cards of flesh, fire, and bone. Imprisoned in ice for crimes of the divine. Fishes ever spreading to be broken in time. friends what's Hello, up everyone. Hey. how's everybody doing doing good doing good doing good work, work is too busy work needs to slow down work does suck I just gotta it. work 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 welcome season dos uno over dos begins so long season 64 episodes this well is worth 65th, it 65th however we're gonna call it one for season two uh Lost my train of thought, and it just went. There's left. <laughs> left the station. <laughs> it's just got to get numbers back to are the confusing. Station. I was about to say, is the screen um, showing a long black oh, yeah, spot? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's do what everybody loves to do and listen to for the very first time of listening to a podcast: administration. Huh? Huh? Uh, from last season, we talked about magical items and things you did on your off time. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's about to say what? Uh, I want to go over the items that you were rewarded for the end of season one a boss fight, and then we will uh, decide who got what and uh, anything new that the we have a for those just joining us. We have a crafting cleric of Carvoon who can make items and magical trinkets for his friends and anything you decided to make for everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And once once we get through that, we're going to get into some serious double penetrating role play. Mm. Okay. Well, I think you're on your own. On that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're alone on that one. Oh, yeah, that's sorry. A, that's, that's kind what's of a five? Bobby thing that you There's need to add. There's quadra. What's five? Deca? Wait, wait, no, that's ten. No, it's... What's it's five? Penta. Quadra. Penetration. Penetration. Yes. All right. I'm just like getting... set that up. I'm setting it up really hard right now because I'm like... We're so, I feel we're raunchy enough that if I don't want you to stick with us for 20 minutes, then discover it. I want to go like, I'm like two minutes in. So, go, yeah. so season two is the unedited yeah, version. Yeah, it's like, so you guys are gross. Why didn't you, I'm uh, done. so why don't you redo what you did on episode one that we say shit, fuck, damn, and stupid shit like that? <laughs> oh, the, uh, George Carlin. Yeah. 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 We're George Carlin and then a little something. The, the so, five things you can't say on television. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The 18 plus show. So, um, all right. Tell us about the, uh, the items that were retrieved from Carver's Keep. So one of the spoils of Carver's Keep was a large pearl and it is a level one pearl of power. And what that is, it's a, as you labeled it as a potent aid. It, we don't need to know, Bob. You just go mine. And then 
<laughs> uh, of course, it's mine. But, uh, Are you just telling us about your cool items? That's kind of I'm, I'm telling everybody what move. I got, <laughs> and then I'll tell everybody what you guys got. Nothing, but you know. <laughs> uh, but what it does, it gives the uh, possessor the ability to recast an already used spell of that level one. Okay, who got that? <laughs> Mine. (laughs) (laughs) You already got that. All right. How about the ring? Uh, The ring. It's a gold ring with a diamond, and it's a fish-shaped ring. It's called the Ring of Ram. Um, It is made of iron, and it gives you the ability to use a ram-like force. Um, And you can do one or two to up to however many charges you use, depending on what you're able to do. It hits like a bull rush. And it can do damage. It does one die six damage per charge. So I can do one up die to six three. up to three. Uh, it has a combat, um, a CMB of 17. And within 30 feet, if I use it on you, it's like hitting you with bull rush. And it has 50 charges. Okay. So I didn't want to interrupt there, but did anybody else hear him say, I can do when he <laughs> described what it does? <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Derek, please don't interrupt a man. In an unrelated note, who did this ring go to? Uh, me. <laughs> it's on my monkey paw necklace. <laughs> yes. Because it's the only person that has a ring slot available. Oh, uh, you, you mean your mummy hand? I call it, mo- it monkey paw mo- okay. necklace. Yeah, he's the only person that can wear three rings. Yep, yep. Well, nobody else wanted to wear the, the thing that... Grope your boob. Of course, nobody else would, but you would be so unfashionable. Come on. It's underneath the armor, so nobody can see it anyway. Yes, and it's always You're wearing that under your armor. Yeah. I've got a continuous itch right here that it Isn't that uncomfortable? It would seem like a hand is kind of a large thing to have. Well, I'm sure if you put it on a belt and you wore it lower, you mean you'd be enjoying it. It does three, (laughs) it does three different actions. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. (laughs) It does three different actions. One, it scratches your chest. Two, if you wear it on the lower end, it jerks you off. Three, if you put it around the backside, you finger a death in the booty hole. Oh, <laughs> so why does it feel with such a large ring on it now? <laughs> uh, I got you a lot of shaping down there. I, I think aesthetically, little... though, like you need to put the ring of ram on one of your other hands. I probably will. I'll put the... I'll... That's way cooler to like punch out like with your uh, physical hand and go dig out this No, no, he's, thing from... he's, he's got it lower, so oh, he's, yeah. he's got to thrust out. <laughs> I've got a ramming cock ring. Uh, goat head just comes... Do you, do you see why I warned everybody <laughs> in Better the first you know two minutes? <laughs> I don't feel I'm in the wrong here. No, no. No, no. you're definitely not. <laughs> Nobody complains. All right, ring There's... a ram. Let's move on to the... Oh, God. The what rod. else did you give yourself? Let's, let's move off to the... Let's move over to the rod. Uh, I have oh. a wand of prestidigitation that we got off the wizard. <laughs> but that's just oh, for anybody to This do. is something he's giving to somebody else. You know how you could tell? Didn't describe what it does in great detail. <laughs> well, I don't want to go into too much detail because the DM can't even say the word. So I didn't want to make him feel bad. Oh, man. Just <laughs> outed you digitation. on the internet. Hey, he got it. Party. But you can edit that out in post. It's fine. It's fine. That's why he's amphibious. I always try to leave my stuff in. So the wand of clean stuff. And then I got a really cool. I got. Who else is going to use it? Don't know <laughs> anybody. I just like other than you. <laughs> okay. Well, all right. The group has a magic rod of immovability. <laughs> it's an immovable rod. It's a flat iron bar that has a button on it, and wherever you press the button, that's where it stays, and it requires over eight thousand pounds of force to move it. Where did that go? In the bag of holding right now. (laughs) (laughs) Understand, if you guys want to use it immediately, you're going to have to fish it out. The bartender's going to be like, ah, here you go, guy. (laughs) Yeah. Anything else? We had to take back the shield that uh, the lady in the the Witch of the Forest had. So are you using it? No, that's in the bag of holding, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Worst case scenario. (laughs) Creepy shield. Like, what if it doesn't want to go in the bag of holding, Bobby? 
Well, then oh. it's got to fight me for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might lose, considering what it did to... I mean, uh, it's considered a power <laughs> shield. Torad, unfortunately, did not have that great of a will save. <laughs> that's that's probably true. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Nah. That shield might eat I your head decent. if you I try to put great. it in I the bag holding. Is that about it? Yeah, every, everything else that we had that was sellable, we sold so we could get some money. So We're sitting pretty. We got what, a nice uh, little pot. How much money you guys got? We got 15,840 standards. Nice. Standard is a gold piece for those listening for the first time. Did you craft anything? Yes. I have crafted, which at the end of the episode 64 I did, but we have crafted the Eye of Carvoon, to which now I got to do the ritual to get it inserted. And then for all of the friends in the party, I have created a medium dagger made out of cold iron for each and every one of them. So you guys all have a, even though I know Vo won't use it, but he can use it as a whittling stick. Well, Vo won't need it because he hit 7th level, his um, key strikes become cold iron slash silver. But you can remember me by it. Which? Suck it up, put a a rope on it. I'll take his. It would have been great to have been 7th level in that last fight. And I'll give you my mithril crease so that you can have material to work with. That'll work. Here, we'll just... Put it on your arm, we'll spray paint, and then you can just have a tattoo. <laughs> um, for those who listened to the last uh, episode uh, of Season 1, we know that Vo departed, but we're divvying up loot as in Vo was still involved, because well, he would have been. Yep. Uh, what did you get, Vo? You got something from uh, Knuckles. I got the Knuckles, yeah. The um, sort of wraps that, um, the bracers that wrap around the hand and impart a bonus on unarmed attacks. Of plus plus two. Oh, I nice. remember it. Yeah. He's a badass dude. Which is it just makes the unarmed attacks even better now. Is it? It's kind of hard. Is it a little harder to say goodbye to Vo now. You're like, ah, oh, wait, <laughs> never mind. Maybe we'll see Vo again. Yeah, we might see him again. He's he's such a good. Uh, I'll tell you, I I'll promise this to everybody at the table. You know, in roughly 300 days, which as I'm a terrible DM. I will not be exactly keeping track of how many days we've passed through by game time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but if the group is able to get back with you, they're helping. If not, we'll do a couple of uh, off sessions to see what happens to Vo. Okay. Deal? Yeah. Deal. All right. We could always just fast forward and do it now. <laughs> <laughs> group wipe. Weird. Uh, gr- uh, that got re- way more better at you. Than, I already you know. leveled him because I know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. So last we left off, you were leaving the city of Hearthgrave to head to... Tregum. Tregum, which is a much larger city and the biggest city on Adrian Island, which is the island you're on, also known as Graveshold. You know it's going to take roughly two weeks to get down there. And I asked you guys where your plan, where's your first stop? What's your route? And you you said Sagar's farm. Yep. Yep. You want to see him before you uh, truly head out. He was the first NPC we met pretty much in season one, uh, friendly NPC anyway. Mm-hmm. And he's been a, a stout ally of yours. So it's going to be a little out of your way, but you said you're going to head a little further east, then head south and go that way. Is that still your plan? Yes, it is. All right. Uh, to remind you, who is with you? Miranda from the loggers camp. She's a woman in her mid-20s suffered some sort of serious accident to her face at some time. It's long healed. Uh, around her mouth is a serious scarring. She doesn't have uh, many of her front teeth. Appears to have cut her hair with a blade. So her hair is, while it's long, it's very chaotic or unkept in its way. It's been cut with a, a straight razor, it looks like. She doesn't really much care about her physical appearance, but she has been a uh, a good ally and a good fighter. She uh, carries many hatchets. Um, I called her Bubbles last time because that's kind of her personality. But uh, I met Puddles. Sorry. Um, halfling, Don't let it happen again. <laughs> halfling oh, female. You first met her at the archery contest. She lost two, if I remember correctly. Or she lost to Strom in the round yep. one. But then her and him made 
fast friends and she she's been uh she drank with him for the rest of the the contest she's a very uh bubbly personality you're not sure why exactly it's day one why she joined you on your venture south because this is two weeks away it's not it's not a a minor adventure you guys are going on it's because she took strom in as a, in as a pet <laughs> <laughs> along uh, with my troll dog Garn Redding, which uh, if you listen to a recap or listen to any of episode or the first season, realizes one of the adversaries in season one, but they, uh, he was possessed by a demon, born different, and he, uh, but he's physically imposing around six foot four, six foot five, 270 pounds of raw muscle, uh, large beard, shaggy hair. Uh, but uh, a, the the gentle giant comes to mind. We we've all yep. seen the D and D trope of gen, the gentle giant. He is he is that. He's a real man. <laughs> then we got Grimshaw. He's an adolescent, uh, eight to nine year old goblin, very tiny, maybe two feet tall. Is taken also strong in as <laughs> uh, uh, a parental figure uh strom is currently teaching him to read and how to live in civilized company but he is a pacifist true and true if you've ever met a kind soul it's funny enough it comes from this goblin and what's really great is he's a great trap finder too Mm. yes 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 (laughs) i'll never forget you alistair (laughs) Um, we got the fox which is a what does the fox say what does the a creature that started off with you guys from uh, episode one, season one. She was scrawny, looked like a, a dying malnutrition, squirrel. white-furred, special-looking Arctic fox. But as the group had determined later, as uh, they continued their path, the more good deeds they did, the stronger she became, and found that she has ties. With the divine, in that you can see a halo over her head at this point. She's around 100 pounds, has wings on her back. She hasn't flown. Do more good deeds. Seen, I want to fly her. You don't know why. <laughs> her her wings are magnificent. She has a seven wing or a seven foot wingspan on each side, so 14 foot across. If she, so you don't have actually any idea why she can't fly yet, but she sits there in silent observation of you guys at all times. Never, of course, she seems much more intelligent than than uh, any being like that should have, but she's not let on anything that she might know. Just an observer of the group, so to speak. Well, in our travels, anytime we get near a cliff that's a, about a 20-foot drop, we'll just throw her off of it and see if she can glide. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, also, Strom's little pet, he just seems to collect a lot of pets. You have uh, yeah. the troll dog. Yep. He, who he got early on in the adventure, he saved some, uh, there was a troll that was mistreating some troll dogs and him being amused, immune to disease, which these things can spread pretty rapidly. He has taken it upon himself to train this, this beast. And it's just a happy, just imagine a giant gross pug with disease. Man, there yeah. you go. Which everyone stays away from other than me. We have Clevis Dawin, which is also known as Devlin in his new life. He is Yuri's father. Yup, yup. A sage, full elf. He was an aide shortly in season one, but was taken uh, prisoner by Carver. And uh, you haven't had much role play with him. Then there is his foster daughter, who was, uh, by your, by his words, uh, your benefactor was told, he was told to take care of her. This very robotic woman, long blonde hair, straight, very unemotional uh, woman who um, travels with you guys. Appears to be in her early 20s. She could be anywhere. She's got one of those faces that can be anywhere from 18 to 30 years old. Uh, we got the Primafira, the Frost Maiden Blade, which is in Yuri's backpack. It is a sentient weapon of immense power that seems to be keeping them protected from observation from powers that seek them. Right now, it's just a magical paperweight. She, her, it seems her powers are not diminished in the bag. And then, of That's course, cool. the most important NPC of all of you guys, the ghost bartender. Yes! yes. Always mixing, always trying to be friendly, always ready to lend an ear. 
So you have all this this cast of characters with you guys. That I described three carts. Uh, Yuri's on a horse. Zane's on a horse. Strom's on a horse. The food cart is Garn and Puddles. The camping supplies, extra firewood, all that kind of stuff is with Devlin and Chimerian. And there's some goods that you guys are going to sell when you get there that uh, Lady Vashil hooked you up with, especially Zane, to kind of offset the cost of this trip. And okay. also put you in good with good graces with the local uh, powers that be. We'll get more into that when you get time comes appropriate yeah. at the city of Tregum. I have uh, an administration complaint. He already got paid from her. He don't get nothing else. <laughs> Grimshaw <laughs> and the troll dog. And sometimes you guys will, because uh, that's the lightest wagon, sometimes you'll add the horse that's being ridden or the horses that are being ridden to that car to be led along. And you guys ride on that wagon. And you guys are going to head towards Sager's? Yes. Yeah. We're going to stop by there first. Okay. We got to pay homage to where it all began. All right. Uh, you head out the first days. Most of the days actually from here on for the next few days are very uneventful with the exception of just miserable summer, kind of the summer storm days where it'll rain really hard, then sprinkle here and there through the rest of the day. So it's uh, not a lot of talk amongst yourselves while you guys started off very optimistic. We're like, season one, raining, you know, just kind of been like, crap like it's been a very downtrodden kind of thing um puddles is the forever optimist he's chatting up garn uh as you guys move and he doesn't seem like he's paying any attention he's um, nodding his head but then every now and he goes so what did he say you know like so he's totally paying attention but he does like 99 percent of the talking and he throws in a question every now and then Devlin and Chimerian, complete silence. He, Devlin, gives the impression that, one, he's he's chewing something over in his brain, very concentrated on something else. And then Chimerian seems to be, like, well, she's got the reins, very robotic about it, hits it, like, you know, Zane, you'd almost be the kind of guy to put, you know, pick up on this, like, every two minutes, with the reins, almost to the, the minute, <laughs> like, very calculated gotcha. like, hitting of the reins because uh, there's nothing else to do but be miserable in this, this, the rain um, unless you guys of course want to chat amongst yourselves I'm just giving the overall um, feel of the, the caravan and Grimshaw is trying his best though you think uh, leading a wagon is very hard for him because he's so little and not able to do it but he really wants to do it so nobody's had the heart to correct him but he's really concentrated on what he's doing with the cart all right as long as he's up front and there's no ruts you can drive into i'm i'm all right with him i'm right. sure bacon's sitting with him and bacon's sitting next to him she, her head is 50 percent in his lap the other 50 she'll look up look around ears up one ear down kind of thing then go back down Drove um, puppy just chilling in the back just yeah uh everybody else's cart looks very <laughs> professional put together the uh, which I'm gonna call their cart the the strong cart is <laughs> like and that's the stuff with the goods in it but that's like you don't move you don't take that out in and out in and out every day so it's like kind of in the the heart of the wagon it's safe in there so his cart is very unorganized and they're moving all over the place are you right so we're gonna fast forward a little time you rested your first night the rain continues into your next day I hang out with puddles. A little right. bit of optimism goes a long way. <laughs> Said the raining? Into the second day, halfway through. Spot check for Yuri, Strom, and Zane. Hey, my dice don't hate me today. Mine do. Mine do. I got a one. Um, <laughs> I got a I got ten a 30. total. <laughs> oh, okay. Zane, over the last day, you've mostly been seeing just cornfield after cornfield after cornfield. A lot of your day today started off with cornfield after cornfield. Cornfield after. <laughs> but uh, Sagar lives in a higher altitude. He uh, he grows different crops. Um, I'm not a farmer, but I would say He's, something like he grows potatoes. Gra- 
Grapes. Grapes. Well, yeah. yeah, that's that's a side gig. Okay. But like things like potatoes and you know, uh-huh. like things that kind of mountain kind of crop. He's not a corn guy. So you guys are more heading towards. It's getting le- less and less uh, flat farm field into the mountains, so to speak. And as this uh, terrain starts changing, the rain stops giving away to the air. Gets a little bit more bite to it, but the rain dissipates a little bit. It's more and more foggy. And up ahead in the fog, you see a large covered cart on the side of the road. Very, like, everybody else has their head down, like, moving around. It's been mm-hmm. miserable. But you notice something up ahead on the road, side of the road. Not, like, on the road, but like, gotcha. pulled uh, off to the side. I will tell him to slow it down, and I'll go investigate. Kind of my job as a scout. So I'll do it. It's a raiding party. So, uh, yeah, I just... <laughs> I don't know. Whoop, whoop. Mimic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a cart mimic. <laughs> wow. This one's big. <laughs> um, when in doubt, assume it's a mimic. So, yeah, I, I'll go up to Grimshaw and I'll tell him hey. to slow it down. There's a cart up ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, slow down. Please. Please stop. Uh, uh, okay. He looks satisfied they stop and looks at you and smiles like real big like he just Excellent ran job. the Boston Marathon. <laughs> you're you're very talented or becoming oh, so. Thank you. I'll make sure the cart isn't sinking into ruts or anything. No, that's good. There. That's good. All right. Um, and then I'll I'll go back to to Yuri and right tell up to you. I see a cart ahead. I'm going to go check it out. Just wait here and uh, I will return. Hopefully. Or I will scream smudge. if I get you're into trouble. You're used to smudge. I see a smudge. I'm like, the smudge? <laughs> yes. I don't see it's, anything. Okay. It's a cart. <laughs> I'll take your word for you. All right. you uh, I'll follow in case anything, but go for it. So I'm, I'm riding over. All right. I'll kind of get a, like, I'll get to where, like, I don't know how loud my horse is. Because the ground is soft, but I'll try and walk him up slowly. Do you want to ride check or anything? Uh, no. Uh, um, it makes the, the... It's very minimal, but it makes a... Gotcha. Noise. When, when I think I'm getting close to the area where that would travel, I'll dismount and I'll okay. head up. Um, two things Do you notice first. You smell the... Or you hear the buzzing of... The flies. That's not good. And then you see a dead horse... Uh, on the road and a cart and the best way I can describe how the cart looks it's very ornate um, oak good English wood (laughs) carved much nicer than any of the uh, carts you have but it's a covered cart where somebody would ride into but it can also carry uh, a good amount of supplies if needed um but carved with different designs and stuff like that. You can't really make out what these designs are exactly yet. But uh, what would be the best described is a functioning noble's cart that would move throughout the land. Like not something that would go out through the city. That kind of thing doesn't really last out in the countryside. But something a noble would take maybe from kingdom to kingdom. That kind of thing. But it looks like the cart was dragged about a dozen feet from the road. So imagine like the wheels in the mud, but somebody like took it, sideways? dragged it sideways, like large ruts in the thing, and it's sitting there, you know, not moving without a horse on it. And the horse is several feet from it, and it looks like the horse has been eaten from the guts in, like the head's removed, like the guts gotcha. are gone, and it's just sitting there. So when I saw the dead horse, like, I'm, you know... You took that all in in moments. Gotcha. You know, like I, that... I will ride back to them, right? If like if I'd gotten to the point where I dismount, I walk back to my horse, I get back on it, I go and tell Yuri, be on alert. Something something ferocious. Eat the horse at that cart. So, be on alert. I will investigate further. Very well. I'll, I'll ride back a little bit, and uh, Yuri will tell everybody, he's like, we've got a possible predator up ahead. Um, Zane's going to check it out. Be on alert. Yuri, or uh, Strom with me. Randa flips the hatchet in her hand. Uh, and tell- Garn uh, takes out his axe. Oh, you know, now he has his sword that yes, uh, Strom returned return to him. Yep. But he still has a double-headed axe, like, at his <laughs> side. He's like, 
That's two. I'm two, spoiled for choice. <laughs> two two-handed weapons. I don't know what to do, but he's uh, he has his sword out. <laughs> he pulls it out and gets on the, the ground, checks his footing, and uh, but otherwise looks ready. Everybody else is kind of chilling. And I'll tell my dad to. My dad. Truthfully, I don't even know what my dad's abilities are. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> my big, backstory. He's a sage. <laughs> well, if you remember all of our stories, I don't remember him doing much magic. We were just hunting treasure. He was part of a venture group. Uh, anyway, I'll just tell him to be on alert. If he's yeah, got... I pull out my katana and get it ready. I'll head back to the cart. Okay. I got my mace and my shield. Yeah, I dismount and kind of creep around and make sure nothing is living inside the cart that would eat my face. <laughs> Morris. Perception check. Perception check. No. You're that big? <laughs> what is that? 15. More, I would assume. Yeah. Thief. All right. Yeah. All right, you get up and you open the door. Well, he'll, he'll hear music from the inside as he's approaching anyway, because I'm just in there just screaming. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, fair enough then. So, All right, you know what? He's even you know what? I'm probably not as Morris, cautious then. Morris, this is your scene, buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, describe the card. I, I didn't really yeah, so see is, you playing music in it there. It is the ornate. I mean, he's bored. He's stuck. Yeah. So, so um, is this card on its side or something? No. Okay. No, it's, it's upright. It's just got... <laughs> slid a little bit but it is uh as he said an ornate wooden uh, sort of carriage and uh as you're approaching from inside you're hearing a lute music and you're hearing a little bit of singing um and uh what type of song are we singing let's see you're singing country, some hard rock. <laughs> He's singing on the road again. I wish I could get back on the road again. <laughs> so, so, so oh, well, hold on. I, I, what type of bard are you? Are you on the on the chest of a barmaid in sail, <laughs> were tattooed all the prices of ale, and on her behind, for the sake of the blind, was the same information in braille. That kind of stuff. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. So, as the only character... By the who, way, he just ruined bards for the rest of the Yeah, time. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> as the only character who stayed in an inn, right, did I did, did I sure, stumble common, upon this is guy? Is that yours or the common shanty? That's a common shanty. Well, I'm, I'm like, you. if you hear somebody sing, there's, they're kind of specific in their voice. Do, do I know only who this guy sing. is? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. I didn't know if I'd, I'd no. heard him. You said he, he came But it is left. a common shanty. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I'm not saying that the song is mm. uncommon. I, I'm just saying, do I recognize the voice? Mm. Okay. Is it an Ed Sheeran or is it a Metallica version? <laughs> I'm going to say an Ed Sheeran. I'm going to say Ed Sheeran. Hello, um, Descartes. How are you? You seem to be in a bit of a pickle, your horse. Oh, <laughs> hello. I've been stuck here for a bit of time. Lyrium Black Tree. Bard, formerly of Cutlass Prime, now citizen of the open road, and I'm in a bit of a pickle. It looks like a cart to me, but uh, well, who am I to judge? Uh, is the door locked? You guys are talking through a door. I, I try to unlock the door. Did you lock the door? Um, yeah. <laughs> in this situation, the door would have it's been locked. locked. So you cannot unlock the door from your side? He will actually unlock the door and flip the door open with a flourish. Smacks Hopefully not the smacking that <laughs> I think I get out of the way. <laughs> Illyrian Blacktree, please describe yourself. Illyrian Blacktree stands about 5'11 with fair skin. He has gold hair, and I mean it is like metallic sheen gold. Golden amber eyes and looks like a young... Danny Kay. How many people know who Danny Kay is? I do now because you show me the picture. <laughs> Not a clue. Who's Danny Kay? This is this is the problem of being old. <laughs> you go remember. ahead, keep going, and I'll, I'll get the picture up. All right. I'll uh. Oh, you're gonna put the picture up there. And he's wearing semi upper scale clothes. Uh, not overly fine, but pretty nice. And holding a uh, what is obviously a custom loot. 
It's it's nicely engraved, get golden strings, really fancy loot that he's currently holding. Lyrian Blacktree, Bard, and you are? Zindolvega, formerly of uh, the Drivefuls and many other places. Fantastic. I've been uh, somewhat marooned here for a few days. There was a bit of an incident. I see that. Your feet are hurt? Uh, no, but it's been raining. Wow, we got a prima donna. <laughs> I think I am getting to know you very well. What about your driver? Did he die as well, or did he leave Out of curiosity, um, to ID the thing that I saw, do I need, you need a knowledge arcana roll nope, for that? Nope, you got you're that. Gonna, all right. You're good. Yeah, I'm assuming you your numbers are good enough knowledge. to get that. <laughs> yeah, you got right. bardic knowledge. Well, I had uh, I was making my way back from Hearthgrave, and seems that a wyvern killed one horse and carried off the other. And unfortunately, my driver Sebastian was uh, attempting to hold, I guess, hold the horse down, and he just got carried away with it, just over that way to that peak. <laughs> From the grave, I was just said, this is not my fault. <laughs> uh, this is indeed a pickle. Uh, we have carts. They are not as fancy as this one. Would you like to leave it here? Or we are heading to eventually Trigum. If you would like to join us. But we have no horses to... Well... Look at my horse. We have no horses to carry your carts. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I I would be more than happy for a ride to a town. However, I would dearly love, if you were able, uh, some assistance in, in retrieving poor Sebastian. You hear very faintly in the background. He's already dead. <laughs> I assume you mean his remains. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm, a horse is a substantial meal for a wyvern. I'm sure that... How strong was Sebastian? Well, not enough, clearly. But <laughs> Well, 2% I'm, chance I mean of more survival. Than, how do I explain? Uh, um, <laughs> if you're hanging from something that is being carried in the air by a, by a large <laughs> bird... He flaps his arms. <laughs> <laughs> the up and down motion, it puts a great deal of strain upon your arms. Um, oh, Sebastian. Sebastian was a somewhat, uh, not not overly muscular, but a, a somewhat strong lad. He, he dealt with the horses every day. A lot of, you know, rain flipping. Um, <laughs> As he shook his arms, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess I could ride in, 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 do you know the direction? Toward the peak? Straight? Toward the, the peak there. That and one. over the fog that I described, every now and then a, a mountain peak does poke its head through there to the north. I do not have much hope for your friend. If he, if he managed to hang on, if, uh, he would likely be eaten by the wyvern. Well, I'm, I'm optimistic. Um... I can see that. <laughs> And also afraid of a little rain. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody seen the series Our Flag Means Death? I heard I it. Taika Waititi's I've Pirate. Oh, yeah. I've I've seen. I haven't watched it, okay. but I've, I've but you've seen, seen the trailer. So yeah. you've seen the Gentleman Pirate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So as long as you have that picture in yeah. your mind, I think yeah. you're closer. To it. <laughs> let me let me gather a few important things, and uh, I'll come with you back to your your carts there, and. We'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk to your lads, and we'll we'll see if there's something we can come to here. All right. I love how every now and then, a little Scottish pops its way into <laughs> your head. No, I can't. <laughs> you're like, got it down, but everyone, you're like, let's take them. <laughs> Freedom. Freedom. So, yeah. what do we see? This is Lyrium. Am I saying that correctly? Hello, yes, Lyrium. Lyrium Blacktree. Bard, formerly born uh, on the streets of Cutlass Prime. Fortunately moved on from there to the open road. 
He tells everyone his backstory in the moment he is introduced. <laughs> He's amazing. I should start doing it that. Cuts to the chase. <laughs> I am Yuri Dawing. Nice to meet you. Formerly of Hearthgrave. Ah. I am Tal Strom, also of Hearthgrave. Oh, you're both uh, both locals of Hearthgrave. Uh, we have further backgrounds, but we we are coming from Hearthgrave now. I uh, was just there. I uh, had come there seeking uh, this, actually. And he holds up the loot, this custom loot. This is loot of uh, my ancestor, Callus. was actually taken from him by uh, a certain blackguard named uh, Red Jonas. He was buried in Hearthgrave, as it turned out. So I came here to finally retrieve my uh, my family loot. I had uh, supposedly I was going to tarry there a bit longer. There was some talk of uh, performances for charity for an ogre orphanage, but uh, <laughs> that, apparently a set of the bestial little tykes lost their father. But uh, that didn't come to pass. So I was, came out on the road, and then this uh, wyvern took my horses and my driver. So how long have you been out here on this road? Oh, just uh, a day or so. Okay. I was about to say, I was like, were you in town during the fight and you did not help? <laughs> <laughs> the fox uh, bacon hops off the cart and goes up to him and smells this. See this thing approaching mm-hmm. you, Lyrium. 100 pounds, mm-hmm. probably seven foot wing on each side of its its back. Uh, the wings are folded and it's not bringing them out, but damn, that, those are pretty big wings on it. I was a mix of an Arctic fox and some something else. Its uh, fur gleams with silver, and it almost you almost detect a halo above its head yeah. as it comes up to you and starts sniffing you and licks your hand, yeah. if you allow it. Oh, absolutely! Oh, you are a colorful cast of characters. There are some stories to be written here. You actually see out of one of the wagons a you know just a big green dog just poke its head out and its tongue's hanging out. <laughs> it would also like to lick you if you'd let it. <laughs> I would recommend you don't. Bacon, I see you approve. She's looking... She looks happy. Does anybody have planes? Uh, the new guy probably does. <laughs> I do. Uh, anybody yeah, besides the new guy have planes? I got knowledge arcana and knowledge. Nope. Actually, nope. I don't have knowledge planes. Come to think of it. Um, I think you're at a level where you can make any check untrained. Barring yeah. knowledge, OP. Yeah. Uh, but no, she looks happy with him. You know, the cats do the rubby thing on your ankle or in your uh, your calves kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She's doing that, but it's more a course on his uh, <laughs> his hips. But it's doing the rubbing thing around him. So is he actually walking through the mud? Yeah, I would assume so. He's not well, he, levitating he, he above it. Jaunted back to the to the cover among their carts. He's like holding a blanket over his head or something as he's <laughs> got this bundle of stuff. It's not even raining. It's just a little fog. <laughs> I think... Well, if it's not actively raining now, he's not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> he's hiding from the wyvern. <laughs> Why was like, it's all my face? Camouflage. <laughs> So what is the what is the story? He came to get his father's loot or uncle's or second cousin's loot and and then he came here and Wyvern killed his cart and took his man. I'm sorry for your loss. Yes. It's my ancestor's loot. Callus uh, Blacktree. He had this loot custom made and then ended up losing it to a Jonas de Bastillon known as Red Jonas. A Blackguard on the high seas, and uh, an excellent gambler. And it turned out that I had to uh, track down his grave and find it, and retrieve my family's loot. Finally, wait, you dug this man up to get your loot back? Well, not the man. (laughs) I just had to open a mausoleum. There are plenty of those back in Hearthgrave. Go. See me like rubbing my helmet, like. Okay. So what do you need? Uh, I assume you need uh, transport. Well, uh, transport indeed. Uh, that my my carriage certainly isn't going anywhere uh, anymore. 
Look at the wheels. Look at our wheels. You can do this... it with a horse. You can do it with one horse or two horses or two horse comfortably. We could probably move your carriage. Well, but uh, more to the point, I'm holding out hope that my uh, driver, young Sebastian, is uh, is still in a position to be saved. He's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and where is he now? Well, when the wyvern carried off the second horse, he'd attempted to hold it down, weight it down, you might say. And uh, no, it did not work. The, the wyvern lifted them both off. So his reasoning failed him. Okay. <laughs> and where did the wyvern go? You said that peak. The peak off in the distance. The... You can see it. And our appointment for tree gum is when? <laughs> Technically, if we can be there whenever. How close are we to the Stoom Farm? Half a day. Farm. And, the... and it's two days to the peak? No, no, no. A couple hours. A couple of hours. Okay. Um, well, we can't... To the bottom of the peak. Probably another... So can we have all the NPCs up. go to, like, yeah. the farm? <laughs> yeah. And... Sure, that's yeah. easy to follow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't pass helping somebody up somebody's in distress we need to help I'll tell everybody else to keep going forward and go to the Stoon farm and we'll gather our small group and we'll see if we can help we'll assess and if it's beyond recognition we'll come back agreed what do you know about the Waverns? I know they are big bird things but uh, beyond that they are not big birds they are more like dragons with scales and leather wings. That's about all I can tell you. But they are not big birds. Man, they're leathery birds. I think this, you this, Strom. As far as dragons, they are what it, you would consider in your realm dragons that never saw their full potential, that the, they decided to embrace their more primal needs and never evolved. And that's what the wyverns are. <laughs> and therefore don't have front arms. That's as that in, true. <laughs> as in Marty's wording, usually, they're the Diet Coke of dragons. Diet Coke of dragons. One calorie <laughs> a dragon. <laughs> so, you want us to save your man from a dragon? Okay. A white dragon. They don't have... They only have hind legs... They mostly use their wings also to walk on. That's about the best I can give you. What would be dragon kind for knowledge? What is that? Mm, I dragons, know. I believe, are under arcane. Yeah. Hey, I can All roll right. Uh, does anybody have arcane? I, I actually do. want to roll this. So does the bard. And that mm -hmm. is a 20. Unless they are a 10, I don't get to roll. Uh, 25. All right. Delirium. Mm -hmm. uh, you already know all these things. They're talking about, you know, birds and dragons. Things. Yes, they are. They are intelligent. You know, like above animal, but below human. So they're middling intelligent, but uh, they love to embrace their more primal needs of mating and, you know, eating. Uh, they don't have a breath weapon, but they are ferocious, and their tails have a very dangerous poison in them that can make you removable and then they'll eat you alive well the good news about wyverns they do not breathe fire or anything else they do have a poison tail thing that might paralyze you so they can kill you but aside from that it's basically just a large beast that should be easily enough slain by a band such as this one if we can get it in its lair where it cannot fly perhaps you are right it's almost swap with garn and I'm going to go to the Stoon Farm, and he can take my place? <laughs> I'll go for you. You want me to? <laughs> I'll go. You no. look like a coward to me. I can do this for you. And who knows what riches await in the beast's den. Here's a feather. You guys don't know the reference? Yeah, chicken. In the British Empire, you're given a feather if you're a fucking coward, Bobby. Well, I don't know. During I'm World not in the British Empire, am I? I know that. That's, yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> I just told Marty he was number one in my world. I like how the guy with all the loot wants to go to the Stoon Farm. I know, he's like, no, no, I can't lose my items. <laughs> <laughs> I just got them. I ain't even used some of these yet. Um, <laughs> so, what's the decision, guys? What are you guys doing? We'll go. 
Yep. We'll send all the NPCs and the wagons to the Stoon Barn. We matter. Do not call us NPCs. <laughs> that's dismissed. That's our word. Only we can use it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn it, Morris. You're first one. Good job, buddy. <laughs> all right. All the carts are sent forward or forth. So each of the carts have two horses to them. You may unhitch a horse if each of you want a horse just to take singularly up to the to towards the peak, and they they'll go and it's, it'll just be more tiring on the horse, but it's not a big deal. That's carrying the wagon. Yeah. So each of you have a horse to head to the peak. Yep. Yours is on loan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see how much of your horse we get back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll dig it out the dung pile. <laughs> oh God! Nah, we'll all head that way. Um, but you're in lead since you've got tracking. <laughs> you need more. I, I, hope I guess I do, in lead. I, I guess I do have a good bit of survival. Zane, Zane. All right. Uh, it's pretty easy to follow. You can okay. see it. If you ever, it's not the soup fog where you can't see your hand in front of you. It's like the rolling fogs that kind of roll off mountains gotcha. and it's dissipating. So every now and then you'll see like the... Um, there, it's kind of like low-flying clouds. More yeah, than more like that. With the sun every now and then you'll you'll catch the peaks. It's pretty easy to follow. <laughs> if that's where he saw it go. and um, Yeah, it's more about finding a way up there, I guess, would be the survival check. Mm-hmm. You uh, approach this peak, which happens to be on the most northern part of the cold iron mountains which runs almost the length of adrian island from north to south it's a mighty mountain range said to be home of several ancient dwarven clans old cities and empires older than that because this is an old old land that you are in and of course many of the Azulian tombs are said to be housed within these mountains. This is the very first peak of this mountain range. Uh, as you guys get close, uh, pine trees crest the bottom part of this mountain or encapsulate the, the uh, base of this mountain as you head up. Uh, it'll probably take a couple hours to get to the top with the time you have left in the day. You know you'll begin if you start now. You'll begin up there at dusk with the sunset. As you each think about this, we travel up into the dark graying skies, back over to Hearthgrave. It's now nighttime. The rain is still pitter pattering. It's been going on for days, and we're outside. Of the Vasture Church. Pitter-pattering of rain on the the graves outside. And the light inside is low, but we can still see, see through the stained glass windows from within. And as our vision heads in, you know, a lot of the big budget movies go through the glass. You know, that whole warping yeah. thing. Everybody's <laughs> been there. We are inside now. The... The warm confines of the the church and we see the back of a priest at the altar deacon moss he's preparing he's pulling little flower petals apart and putting them in a smaller bowl and every now and then he's stirring a large copper goblet of fluid next to him uh, it looks like kind of dirty water Drinking water in your guys' day and age, let's be honest. Getting ready for tomorrow's sermons. It's been very busy here in the the Vaster Church since Strom started preaching and the popularity of the keepers throughout the town. So he's been having a lot and lot of visitors. But Deacon Moss, his his face, Danny Glover, if you guys remember, uh, or he's played by Danny Glover, um, Lethal Weapon, Age, and I'm too old for this shit, kind of Danny Glover. <laughs> Preparing, but he seems not right. His his brow is sweaty. Stress just permeates off the man, and he's mumbling under his breath. 
And as he's sitting there preparing, we see all the candles throughout the church fade, go out, except those around him. Uh, Three or four candles that are immediately on the altar start flickering as well. And he looks, he looks his lips looking worried until they finally turn into almost like a black light. The candle itself turns white while everything around it is black, black, black. Turning everything around into a very black and white-esque movie theme. All color sapping into these candles. He doesn't know what to make of it. He looks around and start hearing. Outside the, the church. He looks to his left. His right. Unsure of what to make of this, he looks towards the entrance, seeing nothing but darkness as everything around these black lights is shadow. And you start hearing water dripping everywhere in different directions. And at first he looks alarmed, and then he, but suddenly looks down at his goblet as it starts overflowing with the liquid, ever filling onto the altar. And as this continues for a minute, he's not sure what to make of it, what is happening. Pigs continues to get louder and louder around him, till finally it gets quiet again, and all you hear is dripping. And suddenly, and a body, right of right on the cusp of his limited range of seeing, drops from the rafters and pulls tight suddenly, like it was just hung from above him. You hear a neck snap, and a heavy body just sit there. And you hear the hemp growing taut as it sits there going back and forth what is happening he notices there's no rope this person's just hanging there in midair and they slowly turn to face him he can't make out their exact features but he can tell their eyes have been plucked out by some sort of carrion bird and it's smiling and he backs up to the altar behind him spilling the contents of the goblet and the whooshing noise it makes initially uh, should have ended but it keeps on And he looks behind him, and the rear entrance of the church is flooded with a man-sized body of water coming in through the back entrance. And this body of water, while chaotic, can maintains its shape while it shouldn't, with no vessel to keep it in. And there are things floating in the water. And as he looks to his horror, he realizes it's a skeletal remains of somebody looking at him. It's a skull, most pronounced, with a crown on its brow, regarding him where he stands. And the final being that comes into view Yes. As somebody's dragging a long piece of fabric comes towards him. A bride in a long, long train. To his horror, the bride has no skin. He just sees muscle 
bone and sinew were her arms, neck, and other parts of her body he would see. The gown remains pure white, not blemished by blood or any other sort of foreign substance. It is beautiful with ornate jewels and sequins. But the most horrifying thing about this figure is she has two pinions coming up from her collarbones to each side of her face. And in, in between the pinions, it looks like this person took somebody else's face, or maybe even her own, but skinned it. And it's laying against whatever her face she would have. And she regards him slowly. This one did not expect us, nor call us. The voice in the water says, We should not be here. We are breaking the rules, Flayed One. This is known, Drowned One, but it is close. It was just here. I just need a moment with him. The one hanging. When his, he speaks, it sounds like bone grating against bone. <laughs> Ask your question, Flayed One. Let's end this soon. We do not have much time. She approaches closer within the light, and yes... No skin is on this woman's body, but it's not like blood is seeping out from her. If anybody's seen the body's exhibit, <laughs> you see that. Ooh. But with a, or a skin face, as she regards. Who has the shield? Priest of Vastor. And she moves her hand in a delicate manner in front of him. And you see his garb on his chest moving across like a hand is moving across. And if we could see under his garment, it's not under his garment. It's moving under his skin, separating skin from flesh as he starts to... <gasps> but he can't scream with pain. Something holds his anguish back. Tell us who has it. You'll get nothing from me, beasts. You're too late. It's gone. <sighs> she smiles. <sighs> You'd see his whole chest almost erupt from his body a couple inches as his, or his skin parts with his flesh. And he's screams internally. You're too late. They have the weapon which to fight you. I have I know the shield. I know it's touch. You are too late. Everything you do here is fruitless beasts. She sighs in frustration. The puddle of water moves. It's this ever chaotic thing moving forward as the skull regards the person. Flared one. Normally I would say, do what you must. But ironically, time is not on our side. It is what is against us now. You know this. In this, we will send the unborn to deal with this. Very well. 
but first, priest, what do they have? And she continues to make him suffer with this parting of skin. They have the knuckle bone, the first of seven. I will destroy you. And for the first time, this creature looks semi-alarmed. But then resolute. As she brings her fingers up above her head. Clasps her thumb to her pointer finger. Like thus. And starts. And as she does it, his skin starts from top to bottom. Flaying from his body. And about as he screams in utter horror, she rips it out and his skinless body drops to the floor. And that echoes through time and space. As you guys regard this mountain, days away from what just happened. See you next time. Damn it. You got issues there, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I think you've watched too many horror movies. I've been asked, put, where the fuck did the, the, the tarot go? I was like, I'm trying to find them. Good ass. Couple times.